Welcome back to episode 46 of the Guardian Project Podcast. I'm your host, Andy, and I just checked my Planeswalker points, and uh, it reaffirms that I'm really not great at competitive magic. Oh, oh is that so? <laughs> uh, and I'm your co-host, Mike Coyle. And so I've been building this cycling deck that is centered all around jokes and puns. The main okay. key to the deck is Tireless Tracker. Do you know why? No. Because tireless cycling means you're riding on rim shots. <laughs> that was painful. Please listen carefully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're so proud of yourself. Right That's now. my favorite one I've ever done. Producer ever, ever, Ryan ever. is not impressed. Yeah, he's doing that on shakes. purpose. He has to hold in all of his laughter. It's ridiculous. He loves it so much. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. And before we start, we want to thank all of our patrons. Um, if you want to support our show, you can head over to uh, patreon.com forward slash guardian project podcast. Another way you can support is by dropping a like, a comment, uh, a subscription, uh, depending on where you're listening. Uh, we also have a TCG player affiliate link over on our website, the guardian project po- at guardianprojectpodcast.com. So please order through that. I'm, I'm also a liar. It's Guardian Project Pod. Patreon.com forward slash Guardian Project Pod. Not cast. Mm. So just the pod. Just the pod. Anyway, what is, <laughs> what is on the agenda this week? Uh, today we're going to talk about a few announcements from Wizards of the Coast. So, so we have Secret Lair, the Godzilla Lands. Godzilla! We've got uh, Sunsetting the Planeswalker Points System. And uh, this week for our main topic, we're going to talk about some of our favorite utility lands that exist that we can use in the commander format. And we'll finish off with a commander of the week, a deck I've been losing to for probably two years now. (laughs) Andy's Omnath Locus of Rage, Mr. Cheeto Hands. Mr. Cheeto Hands. So we got some new lands. Um, These are these are um, secret layers that... uh, people that play commander like um so we've got uh godzilla so five five basic basic lands uh plains island swamp mountain forest all with godzilla on the artwork um so it says they uh, are uh, five land uh, landscapes in the newest edition of the secret layer drop um keep an eye out for special appearances by fan favorite monsters mothra uh, rodin and hedora um, this drop includes five Japanese language foil full art basic lands with um, Godzilla on each of them. The lands are actually really cool. They the artwork's fantastic. Very cool artwork. I um, I just wish they were in English for me. Well, I mean, you know. What but I are. think this They're is basics. on flavor, though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. This is, for for Godzilla lands. This is really great, and you also get a code for the for the sleeves on MTG Arena. Yeah, I'd say I'm 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 looking through these again um, with these like really big artwork versions of it and obviously mm-hmm. the island is really cool but uh, i think i like the, the planes one the best with a very vibrant mothra right there in in the shot yeah um, mm-hmm. seems seems cool i'm not i'm not all about like the the foils or anything are these are these printed in foil these are all foil all right so uh you know minus one for me but uh, <laughs> i'm sure you know more people like foils than don't i'm in the minority i know that yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, I I like foils. Um, I can only assume they will be um, a smidgen warped, um, just a which smidge. is 
un until they can kind of figure that out. I know there's a lot of people that have been posting, oh, I'm not really interested until we can figure out whether or not my cards are going to be uh, Pringles right. or or not. Well, if you foil your whole deck, then your whole deck is Pringles. And once you pop, that you just can't stop. Once you—it's <laughs> true. Um, yeah, once you start foiling out decks, you want to get all foils, and then you um, realize quickly you lose your entire magic budget. That's hundred um, percent true. Unless you somehow stumble onto an imperial seal that you can now sell. Holy crap! Yeah, why don't you tell everybody about that? So I bought—I bought an imperial seal two years ago uh, to to build my the judge promo the judge the promo for at the seal. time yeah it was i think I, it was actually kind of a good deal i think they were going for like 110 120 at the time and i found one for 90 is new mint and um i bought it for my mono black sidisi undead vizier deck which was yeah i remember that it's, it's just glass cannon combo try to win on like turn two or three yeah with, with torment of hailfire and it almost always worked and it was great yeah it was it was pretty nice. Um, so I bought it for about 90 bucks. That card is currently listed on TCG TCG player low. Uh, I think there was five listings last time I looked. TCG player low was $500 with three more <laughs> listings at $600. And the last listing, the fifth listing for $1,000. So uh, Shoot. I'm selling it. $450. <laughs> if you want it. You it. Who, who wants to build a new commander deck or or two? Yeah, it's actually gonna be what's funding my um my new Zergo Helm Smasher deck. Yes. AKA my General Grievous theme deck. Yeah. So um I don't I don't need that much money to fund it, but eh, why not? Yeah, so these Godzilla lands are cool. Um, obviously, um, I, I think that was uh, circling back to yeah. where we were <laughs> because we got off topic. Um, no, no, I know. I was like, but what What made it so that we went, oh, it's because we said Pringles. Then you said once you pop, you just can't stop. And foil yep. You foils. know, I'm just yep. reliving the last two minutes of my life. We got there. You know, we, now I remember. Pringles equals sell your... Imperial Seal. That's right. That's, That's right. It's what it is. Um, the next announcement of the Planeswalker Point system. So um, I have two different um, uh, codes, I guess. My, my, my profile has um, two different DCI numbers. Right. Um, I had one, and then we went to an event and they could not pull it up by the number or by my name and so i said well i'm here so i guess give me a new dci number and i'll figure it out later because you can merge them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and at one of the shops i play out every time their system updates it adds my old dci number back in and if they use my old dci number it unmerges them so it's been like a whole thing yep. but um i i do like to go back in time and look and and, and see where where i've played and what i've done but um the, you know, the announcement says that Planeswalker points, including your login, uh, including login using your DCI number will be available until May 27th. Uh, after that date, uh, you will no longer acquire Planeswalker points and you will uh, be unable to access your Planeswalker points history. 
um, <clears throat> for many players, this is going to feel like the end of an era comparing four digit DCI numbers at events was kind of like a badge of honor. Um, and it says uh, a way to show you how long you've been a part of the community, essentially. Um, it says we're feeling a bit nostalgic over here as well, which is part of the reason we're giving, giving you 30 days to check out your history and rave about your winning record mm. against your friends. Or maybe that one time you beat Louis Scott Vargas at a Magic Fest side event. <laughs> um, so uh, in, in the future, um, if you have a Wizards account, which if you have MTG Arena already, that means you already have a Wizards account. They're going to be utilizing that moving forward. Um, they're, you know, just kind of doing away and they're moving to a single, like a single program, mm -hmm. obviously moving forward now. So I went to take a look at my DCI points and it looks like, or my Planeswalker points. And right now I have 924 as my uh, as my lifetime points. Okay. And when you look at the leaderboard, right? So the leaderboard of just um, this season, mm -hmm. I have, you know, uh, or, or I guess from uh, within the last year, I have 90. And uh, that's like one seventh of what the person in first place has. So I was like, okay, that's not so bad. But then when you look at lifetime points, mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> the number one, the number one Planeswalker points is 119,503. That's a lot of points. You know, almost um, 119 times my <laughs> points. <laughs> and probably even more than mine. I know I, I had a similar issue where I had two different DCIs at either of our local game stores. Plus, uh -huh. uh, plus, I got another DCI when I didn't bring my DCI card and number with me to Magic Fest Detroit. Yeah, and then uh, tried merging them; they got unmerged, all that jazz. And then mm -hmm. I stopped playing standard. I played one modern double up. It's, I, I probably have like twenty points, quite honestly. My my first uh, my first I guess event ever using my DCI number was the pre-release for original theros oh was when i got my dci number very nice so it's got all the way back to that that pre-release and um and and most recently it, you know it shows me the history of going three and oh at a at a draft and um so that was kind of exciting but oh. you won't really be able to look back on these in the in the um in the future but it, i have seen some posts where um you can run um a command which will export it to a um, csv file hmm. so um i i haven't really been able to play around with it yet but i might be able to export all of this so yeah so they're getting rid of the planeswalker point system but for people who play commander there aren't a ton of events and it doesn't really show any details because it, it just appears as a um magic casual event how many people were there um so you know this last one had um there were 23 players playing in this this commander event and you get you get a point for playing. So mo I would say 99% of all of my points are coming from an event where I'm getting one point right. for playing commander. Right. Yeah. So um it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they come up with another process coming forward or going forward where you can track your um your games that you've played. There, there are people that were saying that they've they've tracked it because they've they've lived in multiple different countries and they've been able to see based on their their previous games and what what time they were playing at what store and, and mm. that's pretty cool if you if you if you've played competitively and traveled a, a lot for that. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, um, 
But I guess we'll see what happens in the future. And uh, hopefully we can start tracking some commander stuff. Yeah, that would um, be cool. I mean, speaking of tournament setting, but I don't know how much they're yeah, going to support that. But the casual events, yeah, and, and where you played them. Yes. And um, speaking of commander, um, we're going to talk about utility lands today. Yeah. Yeah. So utility land is a land that has an effect or ability other than just generating mana. Right. Um, so what we did was in no particular order, and these are just, we each picked five um, utility lands that we like or we use consistently, um, and we're going to talk about them and why we like them um, and why you should be playing them. Yeah. Or if you are, um, why you're really great and playing these <laughs> awesome lands. This is why you're really great. Not that you need our approval. You should, you should think you're great anyways. <laughs> Episode of this title, this is why you're really great. This is why you're great. This is why you're great. Um, well, I'll start with my first one then. Absolutely. So Cephalid Coliseum is for people who like to play blue and also like to draw cards. Oh, yeah. So um, Cephalid Coliseum is a land that taps for a blue and it uh, deals one damage to you. Uh, when, when you do that. And then it also has Threshold um, and a blue. So Threshold says um, you can only activate this ability or play this ability if there are seven more cards in your graveyard. Um, so you can sacrifice it by paying a blue and tapping it with Threshold. And you, you or target player, draws three cards and then discards three cards. So I play this um, in the Locust God deck. Right. It is, uh, I guess, the top the top commanders, I guess, that... that um, this is played the most in, um, not based on percentage, but by numbers would be Tassiger, the Golden Fang, Kest Dissident Mage, and, and the Locust God. Mm -hmm. There are some decks that have a higher percentage, like uh, a, a Boshin Cephalid Emperor based on EDH rec, and it's in 50% of those decks, but there's only 48 of those decks. Yeah, 24 of those decks run this card. 24 of them, but 24% of all the 2039 Tassiger decks uh, run this so for 496 decks um i think this card is really great i think if you have more than three cards in hand it it just lets you try to draw three i mean you're not you're not getting card advantage unless you have something else that's letting you draw double or making it so that if you discard you don't have to or you know whatever ability is out there but um Sometimes, you know, on, on turn nine, you just don't want that one land that's in your hand, or, you know, or the or one three card that's in your in hand. Your hands. Or, or three lands, you can draw three and then get rid of the three cards you don't need and at least just have an, what feels like a new hand. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah the, so this is actually, I mean, you mentioned Kess and, and Tassiger. This actually is a way where you don't need to cast a spell to draw a card for your Laboratory Maniac win condition. Um, but also one of the new legendaries that they printed, Riel, the Everwise, uh, this is absolutely fantastic in that deck um, because she says the first time you would discard cards, uh, you then draw cards equal to the number of cards you discard. It's uh, the first time per turn. So yep. th this allows you to draw three, discard three, and then draw another three. So you're actually just for, for one blue uh, filtering your hand and then gaining three cards. So that's yep. that's crazy. And, and she, yeah, she gets plus one, plus zero oh for each instant or sorcery in your graveyard. So if you just pitch three things that you know that have flashback and you can use oh, yeah. next turn, it, they're, they're good having them just sitting in the graveyard. Um, yeah, I think this card is um, probably, well, not probably, I think it's underplayed. It's in 
4,268 decks according to EDH rec, which is only 2% of the decks it could be in. Um, it's just a really good card. And um, I think you should play it more often if you're not. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, yeah. it's, and you can pick one up for under five bucks. So I think, yeah, worth playing. It's good stuff. All right, the next land we have on our list is is my first land. And you wouldn't think that I would bring up a land like this. No, I would not think this. <laughs> but it's because it, it screws me so hard in so many different games that I thought it's worth mentioning. Uh, the land is Bajookabog. So uh, Bajookabog is a land that taps for black and enters the field tapped. And um, the, the big payoff is when it enters the <laughs> battlefield, you exile all cards from target player's graveyard yeah so yeah this is really good against those reanimator decks graveyard decks which i love to play um but the best part is is it produces a black mana a lot of these utility lands that we're looking at um they'll either like do damage to you to produce a color of mana or they'll produce a colorless mana but this one actually produces a black um which is which which can be very important um but on top of it, it's it's an enter the battlefield effect. So if you have ways to like instantaneously get it on the battlefield, like a crop rotation or something, you can actually use it as kind of a trick when someone tries to reanimate a creature from their own graveyard, uh, crop rotation out of a Jukabog, and now they don't have a target. So um, I hate this card with a passion, but that doesn't mean it's not good. It's a real good card. You could play it and exile your own graveyard. Uh, you could. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Unless someone's um, trying to reanimate something from your graveyard, then absolutely, actually. Why not? Because you, you have other targets you don't want to lose, right? Sometimes you got to cut your losses. So this is played in a lot of decks. Yeah, it's 33% of decks that it's played in. It has been printed in a ton of Commander Precons. Which I also think inflates these numbers. For sure, for sure. Uh, 100%. Yeah, we see Lord Windgrace and Kadena and um, even one of the new commanders coming out, uh, Jarena Kudrow, the, the Humans Matters. It's printed uh, in that Precon as well. Yeah. 78% yeah. of Lord Windgrace decks have it, but I'm... This, this was just in that pre-con, correct, for it, that? It was in that pre-con, and then on top of it, it's not a card that you cut from that deck. Because, again, yeah. you, you get the opportunity to have green, uh, so you can do the tricks. Like, with a crop rotation, you can search it up with, like, an Hour of Promise. Um, so, uh, there's... Obviously, you can just sack it with your squandered resources and bring it back with Lord Wind Grace immediately. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, scape shift into it, whatever you need with, with Lord Wind Grace. Yeah, even um, um, one one underuse, and I actually don't see the commander uh, on this list on the card, is uh, in a Yarrick deck. Um, since Yarrick doesn't care what the permanent is that's entering the battlefield that's causing something to trigger, it does double trigger on your, your land ETB, so you get to exile two different players' graveyards uh, when you have Yarrick out on the battlefield, so... Exiling graveyards needs to be played more often. I, I am running into more and more and more graveyard just just shenanigans. Even if it's only one card, sometimes you you know, we played the other day and oh, we just played on stream last Friday. If you weren't able to catch the stream, there was a living end and a living death played uh three or four times. Three in or one four game. times because they kept getting cast from the graveyard. Mm-hmm. 
You just need to Bojukabog that one person's graveyard who consistently casts spells from the graveyard. Uh, it's I, I I did actually Bojukabog one of those players. Did you? I did. I, I Bojukabogged I, Chris. He was you know, upset. <laughs> I just I just sat there. Um, really i felt like i was reaping the benefits of all of those things because i had creatures that i could sack in response and then they'd come right back to the to the battlefield yeah how many times did steve come out there your sakura I mean, tribe builder my sakura tribe builder i mean it was reanimated i think it was reanimated every single time yeah. yeah every single time it happened so he came back four times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i so i got five lands off of two mana yeah normally only marin can make that happen but you were not playing marin I was not, and I was playing against a five-color deck that was doing this, and then uh, you, what were you playing? I was playing Hogak. I was playing my two Oh, that's deck. right. Yep, yep. So um, play Bojukabog in your decks. It's an unnecessary evil, but, um, or a necessary evil. It's a necessary it's unnecessary. evil. It, it is a necessary evil. So it, it does come in tapped, but the utility from the ETB is, is good enough where it shouldn't matter. Just Just play it when you can. Play it at the right time. Right. Speaking of another land that comes in tapped, my next card is Myriad Landscape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, really good. Comes in some Commander Precon. Actually, it's in the most recent Commander Precon as well. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> it is a land that enters tapped. It taps for a generic mana. Or you can pay two generic, tap and sack it, search your library for two basic land cards that share a land type, put them onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. So if you are playing a color like white or red that has a hard time ramping without artifacts this is this is actually ramp if you play this on turn one um or two on turn three you get two lands so you are getting an additional land it mm-hmm. does come in tapped but that's okay play your amulet of vigor if you need um then they'll come in untapped um but you can search for uh an island and a snow-covered island because there's they're both islands correct so um it, it, if if that matters to you um but i run this this card in all i run it in the deck i'll talk about during commander of the week yeah and i run this i i run this i run this in a lot of decks yeah i mean i don't have the number i should have grabbed that number it's good it's good ramp and again it's it's generic so there's no there's no color orientation to it so you can play it in every single deck uh, mm-hmm. And you get landfall triggers in case your landfall matters. You get two landfall triggers when uh, when you sacrifice it and search for your lands. And like you said, it's ramp. So it's ramp. And and if you're running, I mean, I honestly think that this is one of those those utility lands that you can play in a deck that has two. I mean, or even three colors. I mean, it gets hard when you're going up to four and five color because you have to grab two that share the same type. But in three color, you might have two of your colors and not the third mm-hmm. and then you just get two of that third color when when you're getting up to four and five color i probably wouldn't play this card right um no i definitely would not play this card in in a four or five color deck so the other thing that um could be said about this card is it does produce colorless mana uh which can be important you know there are some activation costs out there on uh, some creatures and some artifacts that require colorless mana and you don't want to just throw in a basic wastes or anything like that in order to uh, produce your colorless mana. You can depend on your utility lands. And this is a fantastic utility land. If you need it for the colorless, you got it. If you don't, you got ramp. Yep. 
you know, looking at this, there's there's um, it's played in 18% of all the decks that it can be played in. Um, the top, you know, based on number wise, it, they're they're again precon commanders. So you've got Kadena, Slinking Sorcery, Savine, the Chronoclasm, and Girid, Conclave, Exile. Um, if you you know, I'm gonna say it just because it's there. Um, that the commander Kuru Pitlord. It's played in a hundred percent of those decks. All six Ever. of them. <laughs> All six are playing it. All six are playing it, and it says at the beginning of your upkeep sack, this creature, this, the commander, unless you pay four black. So this is going to get you two two black towards that, and that's a commander that costs nine. So you got it. And you see, I some miss. Of the... I... Go ahead. I must be missing something about why this is played in all six of <laughs> because, those. Because there's one guy that made all six of these decks. That's why. <laughs> uh, but you see some of these really, uh, I guess, high synergy commanders in here, like uh, Titania, who, who gets triggers off of sacrificing your lands or when they go to the graveyard, uh, as well as Omnixilis the Fallen, who has landfall, and again, your commander that we'll be talking about later. Um, yeah, Omnath, Locus of Rage wants wants these lands to hit the hit the battlefield. Um, this is this is even you know this is fine in Lord Wind Grace again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, our next land we're going to talk about is Gavany Township. So, hey, are you are you stealing my style with just putting counters on a ton of creatures? Or I only play this in one deck, <laughs> but it's my only green white deck. So, uh, and it's really good in that deck. It's so good in that deck. All right, so Gavity Township uh, is a land that does not enter the battlefield tapped, which is actually really, really, really good for this land. Um, mm -hmm. You can tap it to add a colorless, or you could pay two, a green, and a white, and tap it to put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. So doesn't come in tapped is actually like, I mean, other than obviously the part where you put all the counters on your creatures, not coming in tapped is my favorite, favorite, favorite part about this land. So the turn it comes out, I, I play this deck. The, the deck I was referring to is my uh, Reese the Redeemed deck um, where you're just making a ton of elf tokens, just have a ton of elves out there. Um, you put a plus one plus one counter on all of them. I mean, you're basically doubling your power. Uh, and I also play enchantments such as doubling season uh, in that kind of deck. So instead of putting one plus one plus one counter on all my creatures, I'm putting two plus one plus one counters on my creatures. And this is an effect on a land. You know, in Reese, sometimes I don't find all of my card draw abilities and I'm empty handed. Well, I still got stuff to do with all of my mana. Like it's a it's a really good mana dump. I run this in my Sigarda Heron's Grace deck that is basically the same as your elves deck, but I make humans instead yeah. of elves. And yeah. um, I can't double my, my my creature tokens like you can very quickly. Yeah. Um, and my commander costs five, not one. Yeah. But <laughs> one, one, one helps. <laughs> one helps. But I also run Gavney Township, and it works really well when you're when you're playing. Like you said, doubling season works works really well. If you're already running cards that are putting a bunch of creatures out, like Parallel Lives, we both run Parallel Lives in that deck. You're putting a lot more creatures out, and then essentially doubling their power because your elves and my humans they all come in as one ones, um, and then instantly double to a two two. Um, and yes, if you have nothing else to do, and we are both playing green white, so green green has some card draw. Um, I think my deck focuses m more heavily on the white and yours mm -hmm. focuses more heavily on the green. But Correct. yes, you, it's if you're only running four like draw spells, you're not going to hit them every game. Absolutely. You might hit one if you're lucky. Right. So I, 
I I love Gavany Township. It's this so card's good. very strong. I I, I think that I think it's costed effectively as well at two green white. It's it's in that spot on the curve where you have to prioritize whether you want to put a counter on your creatures or you're gonna play something else out. And sometimes if you're like this this creature that costs three doesn't do anything really, so I'm just gonna put a counter on my creatures instead and then next turn do something bigger. Honestly, I think this card would still be really good even if it entered the battlefield tapped. I know I've said it like four times already. This enters untapped. This is ridiculous. Untapped. <laughs> this it, is untapped. And it does produce, again, a colorless mana. Um, it so does. It's, it, it's never a dead card. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, it's dead if you just need green or something. Uh, you're, you're dead to me. <laughs> yeah, Gowney Township. You should play. So this is in... It's in 10% of the decks I could play it. So this is playing a good amount of decks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking at this, actually, the newest commanders that I just built play Gavney Township, yeah. um, Nakara and, and, and Yannick, because they care about any just just any type of counter being on on creatures when they leave or, or just to put additional counters to pump the strength for um, uh, Yannick. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's if, really good. If you could play uh, Rishkar Pima Renegade at white, uh, this card would be absolutely bonkers. Because um, he allows it so that any creature with a plus one plus one counter on it can tap for mana. So dropping a, uh, a Rishkar and then putting plus one plus one counters on all of your stuff uh, with Gavany Township, uh, now all of a sudden you have enough mana to activate your Reese to Redeemed about three times in one turn. Yeah, yeah. Um... I, you know, I run, you know, I'm looking at these, these, these other commanders that, that want this as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Amara, Soul of the Accord just makes a bunch of white soldiers that have lifelink and, um, tall, t- I plan, I run this in Talos Mirror, Friend to Wolves. Mm. Um, I put a plus one, plus one counter on all of the, the creature tokens that I make. Um, yeah, if you're playing a token deck and you've got green and white available, you should probably throw a Gamity Township in there. I, I mean, I think if you're playing any green white deck, <clears throat> You might as well throw a Gavany Township in there. I mean, you're going to have at some point a creature on the battlefield. Might as well yeah, have the option yeah, to throw you, plus one plus one on them. Yeah, if you're only in two colors, you can. I mean, you can run more utility lands. I know we've talked about this on podcasts in the past. Mm-hmm. You can run more utility lands the less colors you have. Right. So if you're just in green white, um, why not? Yeah. Agreed. They don't. Green green white is not known for its. Uh, Voltron strategies. Can't think of one. Uh, not just in green white, I guess. There's some others that have these colors that could be, like the new Cathriel Aspect Warper. Um, looks like it wants to be a uh, Voltron type deck. Absolutely. But yeah, I throw Yavni Township in some more decks. Now, now let's talk. Now let's talk about something else. Do you like getting lightning bolted constantly? Do you want to have all the colors of mana that you need? Uh, can well, I say I... yes to one and no to the other? No, you have to say yes to both. Okay, deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got the land for you. Tarnish Citadel. So I love this card. Um, it it comes in untapped. You know, I'm going to get on, on that train. Got to get on that train. I'm going to get on that train. It comes in untapped. And it taps for one generic mana written out. Add one colorless mana to your mana pool. That's right. It's that old. <laughs> um, it's that old. But it also has tap, lightning bolt yourself, 
add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This card, this card is the City of Brass. You didn't know could kick your ass. Oh, you see that? Wow, that was that was good. I'm, that was pretty good, right? Yeah. This one is like tapping three City of Brass for one generic mana. That's a really bad way to put for, this when for, I'm trying. For one of any color mana. For I, for, I mean just one single mana, not yeah, yeah, yeah. For one single color. Um, I think this card is actually not bad. I it, Sure, you, you do take some damage, but I have always said your life total is a resource. Absolutely. And I don't mind, I don't mind taking three for this. And... Um, it it's it's real and you get to say you play a tarnished citadel oh yeah you're like i'm sorry what land is that oh it's it's my um you know it's my my city of brass but instead i lightning bolt myself instead of just take one yeah you're welcome yeah. opponent you are welcome you know it's it's played you know it's funny the the most synergistic deck that this is played in is Darien, King of Kaljorn. Oh yeah! When you take damage, you make that many white soldiers. So you tap it for a white mana, make three white soldiers, and then just continue on with your game. But it's one of those lands that people like shops usually have in stock because people aren't looking for Tarnished Citadel. They're looking for the the City of Brass. Right. You know, they're looking for the one that's most you know commonly played. I think I think this. This card falls victim price-wise because it's about 20 bucks for the fact that it's only been printed once. Right. Um, you know, I'll, 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 a lot of the other cards that will tap for one generic mana will have been printed multiple times or more recently. You know, another card that that feels similar is like Spire of Industry. Sure. You know, you have to have you have to have an artifact. And you take a damage, but it'll tap for any one color, you know, for one one of any color. Um, but I was trying to figure out in this slot if I wanted Tarnished Citadel or Spire of Industry, and I think this card gets talked about the least. So I was going to talk about this one. I think this one is is better than Aspire of Industry. There's no guarantee that you're going to have an artifact on the battlefield to produce that that mana. So turn mm -hmm. turn one if you need if you need a color of mana, this is going to give you that color of mana, not. Uh, not Spire of Industry. And you don't have to use it for that that three. You know, you don't have to take the three. It, it still does tap for one generic. So you really only need to use it when you need it. And if you're in a three, four, or five color deck, you're like, well, I guess I do need my double red. So I guess I'll lightning bolt myself to get another red. Sure. Or, you know, wh whatever whatever that is. Um, it, you know, it's being played in Kenrith, the Return King. Um I just I, I like it a lot. And if you look at the top commanders for this card, other than other than Darien, King of Kiljor, mm -hmm. the rest are all four four or five. For the most part, they're all they're yeah. all five color decks. That and you got Villas Broker of Blood that likes to you know you lose your life and you draw three cards as well. That's great. Produce one so, black, draw three. It's awesome. Produce one black, draw three, and then you could even pay two more life to give a creature minus one, minus one, and draw two more with that black mana. One black, draw five. Seems fair to me. Seems fair. <laughs> um, yeah, so I love Tarnished Citadel, and it's played in 1% of the decks it could be played in. Yeah. It's, of, a, of, it's a great rainbow land. People it is a great rainbow land. land. So good. All right. Next card on the list is one you probably play against in Brawl every day, in and out, well, every Wednesday. Although Brawler's Guild Hall is still going on right now. You can play in that. Uh, this is Field of the Dead. No, Field of Ruin. 
I have Field of the Dead. Oh, I typed in the wrong land. You, you have Field of Ruin as your you next card. You are correct. But they're both fields, though. You know, they're, they're both right. fields that produce colorless mana. <laughs> Uh, Field of the Dead, unfortunately, unfortunately does enter the battlefield tapped. And it uh, only produces a colorless mana. You might think, why would I want to land like that? Well, the other text on Field of the Dead says, whenever Field of the Dead or another land enters uh, the battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more lands with different names, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. So lands that produce creatures without having to pay any mana into them for activation costs. That's ridiculous. That land could come in tapped and make an untapped 2-2 zombie. Yeah. It's it's absolutely wonderful. I mean, you can in 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 Brawl it works and you don't even have that many names of lands to go look for in Commander. I mean, you could play uh, I mean, I play I play a deck with Tainted Pact. Uh, where every single land in the deck has a different name. So yeah. it's, it's, and if you, you don't have to work very hard for this card to do its thing, not in commander, not at all. Nope. And nope. Uh, I see like the decks that are playing it most are like your, your Yarrick deck um, because it double triggers every single time. Um, but even like Golos tireless pilgrim, you know, the more colors, the better that way you have access to more of these different named lands that you can run. Um, and obviously you want something with green, so it makes it easier to fetch this land. Uh, it does produce a colorless, important, produces colorless. Um, but yeah, it makes creatures. It makes creatures. It's really good. You know, I'm, look, I'm looking at this list of, of the top commanders here. We've got Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath, Omnath, Locus of the Royal, Lord Windgrace, and then Corvold. So... Um, synergizes really well with lord wind grace it can come back corvold it makes a zombie that can then be sacrificed um <clears throat> uro i didn't i didn't think that this one would have been as high in uro as it is it's in 42 percent of the uro decks but i guess you are ramping real hard in uro yep. as your commander so it makes perfect sense as to why it would be in that deck mm -hmm. but i have lost to this card doing minimal amounts of work over a long amount of time or a significant amount of turns i guess in in golos decks oh yeah i i just every golos deck that i've played against if it drops out the field the field of the dead i i just expect that they're going to have seven or eight zombies in the next like three turns right they easily ramp and then they easily um you know they they play more cards that grab more lands right i mean <laughs> golos is a, a secretive land ramp deck well i mean his enter the battlefield effect count is is, is lands yes so i i never i never like when golos got printed i'm like ah five color like doing the same thing that narset is kind of doing off the top of your deck and he's like hey you know when enters the battlefield you land i'm like yeah that won't matter that's just whatever no that's the main yeah, that's the main main dealio right there it it is. It is. Golos grabs, uh, you know, big targets there. You've got Field of the Dead. It grabs things like Glacial Chasm. Oh, it yeah. grab, you know, it grabs the things that it needs at the time. And it's one of those decks that you probably run a higher amount of utility lands in Golos because you're running it as a land 
um, toolbox. For sure. You know, a lot of toolbox decks are grabbing creatures or enchantments or artifacts. That is the toolbox land deck. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> so even if you're not ramping, even like a fetch land, like Evolving Wilds can produce you two zombies on any given turn. Um, and not yes. to mention a card like Scapeshift to just give you a board of zombies is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Feel the dead. Very, very good. And it's, you know, it's not too expensive. It looks like it's around seven bucks right now and it's only being played in 3% of decks. Yeah. So. Banned in standard. So um, I don't think it's seeing a lot of play in like pioneer or I, I think it's, I think it's a modern sideboard card or maybe a one of main board in like, um, not scape shift but titan amulet titan it probably mm-hmm. is played in scape shift too but um it's not as prevalent as amulet titan is right now so it's a it's a go wide strategy for amulet and modern so I, d- I don't expect the price of the card to go up quickly but it will go up yeah yeah it's one of those cards that they'll have to find the right spot to print this card as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um well, let's talk about a card that can remove a card like that. So my next card is Field of Ruin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so it is, um, it's, it's um, you know, land destruction, um, but not mean. Uh, two players are going to be really happy with yeah, they are. if yeah. you're in a four-man pod. Um, so Field of Ruin comes in untapped and taps for one generic mana and then has pay two, tap and sacrifice it to destroy or target non-basic land and opponent controls. And then each player searches their library for a basic, puts it on the battlefield untapped, and then shuffles their library. Um, so I don't like land destruction, I, you know, mass land destruction. So I, I had that in my Narset Enlightened Master. Um, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Enlightened Master? Yes. Is that the that's the creature one? Not the planeswalker? I hope I'm not confusing them right no. now. Transcendent Master is the Oh, okay. Uh, no. Um, so anyway, Field of the Dead, you Google while I and you Scryfall while I do this. Um, so Field of the Ruin or Field of Ruin can remove that pesky land that is going to hurt everybody. So does someone else have a uh maze of it that's preventing your creature from swinging now we're just gonna get rid of that and they can have a basic that's right um it is you know does someone enlightened master okay Mm -hmm. um does someone have a um urborg and cabal coffers you just you just hit that urborg and then that cabal coffers hopefully doesn't have very many swamps if the person got greedy and they're not running very many swamps even better don't do that. No, that's so mean. Forget the f- leave the cabal coffers. Destroy the cabal coffers. You're gonna want those. No, swamps. you're gonna want. No, them. no, no. You don't. You just <laughs> you, you you hit the urborg. You hit the urborg, not the cabal coffers. Um, uh, Field of ruin can get rid of. Oh, it's so good, and it's targeted. It's targeted removal, but you also give them a basic, so it doesn't feel as bad when you do it. There are some cards like when you play strip mine or wasteland. You're you're just hurting yourself and them, but this one you're you're just replacing it with something that's less oppressive yeah. against you. It does come in untapped that land as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing you could actually use it for is it is not a may ability. You must search your library for a basic and put it on the battlefield. So if someone like vampiric tutored 
you could feel the ruin in response and get rid of whatever they tutored for on top of their library. It's a very good point. A very good point. I don't think I've ever run into a situation where I've had this out and available to use when that happened, but that is not something to uh, discount. Yeah, yeah, that is a very that is a very good plan. I I actually learned that the hard way playing in modern one time against modern mill uh, blue black mill. There's a card called Archive Trap. For three <laughs> blue and a blue, um, target opponent puts the top 13 cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. But if an opponent searched his or her library this turn, you may pay zero rather than pay Archive Trap's mana cost. And they would Field of Ruin, one of my dual lands, and mill me for 13 after that. It was nuts. <laughs> That's when I learned about that card. <laughs> Yeah, so this this is only played. This is another card that is is underplayed. It's in about four percent of the decks it could be in. And this card is printed has been printed a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just printed again in this next um, the or it was just this was in um, Theros Beyond Death. Yeah, and I think uh, the first printing was Ixalan. Ixalan. One of the. Ixalans. So was that only the second? I wonder if that was the, the o- only the second printing then. I believe that is correct. Both oh, I guess I, uncommon I, both times. I guess I thought it was printed um, more than that. Yeah, so Ixalan and Theros Beyond Death. Maybe it just feels like it's been printed a few times because Ixalan wasn't too too terribly long ago. Well, and, and, and before this, I mean, they had cards like Ghost Quarters and, and stuff like that to, to help with yep. land destruction. Yep, so this is really good to, to run in a deck that you can afford to um you know have have generic mana and um take out that pesky gaius cradle if your opponent has a gaius cradle and is tapping for you know um nine green mana good target you know really good really good targets there um yeah field of ruin play it cool cool uh next card on our list we have uh i i absolutely love this card it's called deserted temple i don't run this yeah, I run this in one deck, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> so deserted, okay. deserted Temple comes in untapped and produces a colorless. Amazing. It's already, Solid. It's already okay. better than a wastes. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other thing you can do is you can pay one generic and tap it to untap target land. It does not say untap another target land, just a target land. So you could untap itself with its ability. So if you have another one of these special utility lands, let's say you have uh, a Cephalid Coliseum, you can activate it twice when you have Deserted Temple. Let's say you have a Gavany Township, you can activate it twice. How about a Cabal Coffer so that you can activate that one twice and just get a ton of mana? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I specifically wanted to talk about this one because of its synergies with other utility lands. Um (laughs) It also has this really cool effect with Rings of Bright Hearth. Uh, so Rings of Bright Hearth says you can pay uh, two and copy an activated ability as long as it isn't a mana ability. So you can uh, tap it and then it untaps target land. And let's say you have a Cabal Coffers out there that's producing at least five mana at the time. And um, you can activate your Rings of Bright Hearth to uh, have the activation happen twice and untap both your Cabal Coffers and your Deserted Temple. And it's a way you could actually produce infinite amounts of mana. (laughs) I didn't realize that was a thing. I also didn't realize until just now that we have three cards from Odyssey on this list. 
Turns out Odyssey printed some hella good utility lands. Tarnished Citadel, Cephalid Colosseum, Deserted Temple. Yeah, I did not realize all three of those came. You know, we just picked five we each liked, and then uh, I, I was just looking right now. I said, why Why is this card also so expensive? And, oh, it's Odyssey. It's real old and single printing. Yeah. So good. I didn't realize that that card comboed like that. Um, I don't run Cabal Coffers and Urborg too often, though. So, But you run uh, Nykthos Shrine to Nyx in a I few decks. Ni- I love Nykthos. Now, I didn't put that on this list because it is a not producer. an underplayed card. And a lot of... Well, it, it can do both. But yes, it's not necessarily... Yeah, it's not just a mana producer. It's just... It's mana. Right. So. But you can, you can tap it twice a turn with a with a deserted temple yes for one generic it is it is again a little bit expensive because it was only printed the one time in odyssey uh i think you can get one for it looks like it might cost you over 20 bucks depending on where you buy it from um it's played in a ton of mono black decks specifically for the cabal coffers mana yes let's go to a card that's it's only been printed once but it's newer and that land is Spires of Araska. So it taps for a generic mana. It technically <clears throat> comes in untapped. It does. And uh, <laughs> you can tap it to untap target attacking creature and opponent controls and remove it from combat. So it's, uh, you know, just a, a, a little maze of it um, on, on a different land. But you have a hoop you have to jump through first before you just get the land. How right? big of so a hoop is it? Well, it's a little, it's a, it's a little baby hoop. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. Size right? seven it comes hoop. in, it comes in, <laughs> size seven hoop. Comes in, it actually comes in as an artifact to begin with, hmm. as the thematic compass. So it is one of the um, <clears throat> uh, transform transform lands from the Ixalan block. So thematic compass is an artifact that costs two generic. It says pay three, tap it, search your library for a basic land, reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle your library. But then at the beginning of your end step, if you control seven or more lands, you tra- you transform Thematic Compass into Spires of Araska. So um, it also had the, I think there was the Ixalan treasures from when you, you know, could buy buy the boxes. So it has a really cool, like the map from all, all the cards that make up the the uh, plane of Ixalan, like where, where they were on the map. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Um, but this is really great when you're playing against a deck that has um you know one really awful creature that's swinging against you or um yeah you you can make blocking better for you when an opponent swings out you just remove the the more the more difficult creature from combat um uh, but you can also do it to save your friends um you, you could know, if you want to well you could do it politically yeah i yeah. mean i've seen it i've seen that done a lot Oh, I need you alive because if you're not alive, I'm going to lose this other person. So I'm going to untap the creature swinging at you and I'm okay to take 10 damage, but you're not okay to take 10 damage. Yep. Yep. Um, so yes, this is not, this is not, um, a utility land, uh, alone, I guess. Sure. It's, it's, uh, it requires that hoop, but, uh, I think this is an underplayed card on a card that ramps you and can be played in any color deck. Yeah. It's it's also, so it, it technically doesn't, well, I guess it technically ramps when it flips, 
but other than that it, it does put the land in your hand but it helps you fix for sure yes yes um it's and it's one of the only lands you can tutor for with an enlightened tutor just saying yeah you know what see even more upside yeah. to playing spires of araska Absolutely. you have to now you 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 heard it here <laughs> you can tutor this <laughs> with enlightened tutor all right the last card that we have on our list is one that i is not from odyssey it's not from odyssey it's <laughs> it's, it's from a kamigawa block actually is um, it champions i think it's champions champions of kamigawa Mm-hmm. I know I learned about this card from you, Andy. I don't remember what deck you were playing it in. It, yeah, it was Narset. I apologize. No, it's fine. I like this card. I learned something. No, I apologize for the deck, not for this yeah, card. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Hall of the Bandit Lord. This is a legendary land that does enter the battlefield tapped. And it has the ability of tap it, pay three life, add a generic to your mana pool. If that mana is spent on a creature spell, that creature has haste. Not gains uh-huh. haste. Has haste. Same thing. Forever. It, it, can always forever. Block the, it can always block a ginger brew. That's very true. <laughs> um, so this card obviously is a super good um, card for like a Voltron deck or something. You don't need an artifact such as Swiftfoot Boots or Lightning Greaves in order to give your creature haste comes in the battlefield has haste Uh, it does enter the battlefield tapped so you are going to have to plan when you're playing this card um, so that it is untapped when you're ready to play your commander or whatever creature you're planning on playing with it Um, but it is colorless you can play it in any deck it is legendary so you can't uh, have two copies of it but you're playing commander so it's probably not that big of a deal it is not i run this card in so i used to run it in narset and then I switched it over because I, I owned it. And mm-hmm. I said, well, I don't want to get rid of this. It's a cool old card. Um, to Zindersplit and Oaken. Yeah. So uh, Oaken is, I mean, the, the coin flip deck is a Voltron deck. Um, you can swing or sometimes you just need to sacrifice it once its power and toughness are high enough to like a Chandra's Ignition or a Fling. Um, well, I guess you don't sack to Chandra's Ignition. But right. Hall the Bandit Lord is really great to play on like your turn three um so that you can play out oaken on on your turn four you you've like i've likely ramped already in that deck or or played an artifact ramp of some sort so um i think this card's great i think this card's great and if you're running something where you need to swing immediately because you're afraid that your creature is going to get killed before you get um what one rotation around the board this this prevents that the, the Oaken's o- usually kill on spot, so it, it sure is. Uh, <laughs> the only downside you have to Hall of the Bandit Lord is if the creature you're casting does not have a generic mana in its casting cost, you cannot use it to give that creature haste. So, like if you have a the first slip, like any of the slivers, like Sliver Hive Lord or anything that doesn't have generic mana cost, sorry, this will not give it haste. You can't just add one mana to its mana cost in order to give it haste. But if it's played on it towards commander tax, you're good to go. Absolutely, you are. Just not the first time. Right. So I, I played this in my Ilharg the Razebore deck, and it enables me to swing the turn Ilharg comes out and put a Blightsteel Colossus down and kill someone the first turn someone sees Ilharg. Gross. It's fantastic. It is. It people, is. And then everybody else is just scared. to do that, but you got game two. 
Game two, and they're like, I'm going to go play with someone else. I don't want to play with you. I'll play a different deck. It's fine. I just want to play with Blightsteel classes. <laughs> Hall of the Bandit Lord, yeah. That 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 was what I used for my for my uh, Narset deck because you, you pretty much need to swing right away, and hopefully you swing on um, like turn turn three or turn four into someone who doesn't have a creature to block Narset because she has to... She, you, you don't want her to, to die because then she costs a lot of mana lots of mana I she's know, expensive immediately i know they printed um in this newest set in ikoria they printed an enchantment called footfall craters it's a one red uh, land enchantment um, uh-huh. that says you can tap the land in order to give target creature haste and trample um and i think this is going to be a big card this footfall um uh, enchantment mm-hmm. um but that it, that involves having a land and the enchantment where this is just a land now it doesn't give trample um, but it does give haste so it's super good i'll still take it three life is three life yeah three life shmery sh- life Shmima. when you're gonna Shmir- kill someone the turn you use it who cares <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think I think this is a good list of 10 utility lands that we like. You know, to be fair, we could do this episode four times and and still have more utility lands we want to talk about. Absolutely. And they print more every set. So you just wait. I had a hard time not putting the castles from Throne of Eldraine on this. I, I was thinking about them too. I play I play all of the castles except for the red one because I just don't have a deck that's going wide with with red other than sure. omnath and i just didn't want to put that in my omnath deck i had other <clears throat> like plans i guess than utilizing the castles you don't but play that do. in your torbrand deck oh you know what i'm a big liar i do run that i totally run that in torbrand that totally makes sense yes i do have that in my torbrand deck um but i run other utility lands in my Omnath Locus of Rage deck. Look at that transition. <laughs> Look at that. See, okay, so I had some bad segues and then some good segues. So this is, this is a good one. Um, <clears throat> so my Omnath Locus of Rage deck is a Land Matters deck. So uh, Omnath itself is a 5-5-4-3. Red, red, green, green. So seven mana. Pretty stinking easy to get out. Um, seven mana is stinking easy to get out? you'd be surprised at how much ramp I run in this deck. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Omnath is an elemental that also has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under you control, you put a, well, you create a red and green elemental creature token. And it also says whenever Omnath, Locus of Rage, or another elemental you control dies, Omnath deals three damage to target creature or player. So every time you play a land, you get another 5-5. 5-5 five five is ginormous. It's just so big. It's so big in Commander. It pretty much outclasses most power and toughness. Absolutely. Um, so the whole point of this deck is to get out your Omnia, and you're going to play lands, and you're going to get more creatures, and then um, you're both going to swing out, and then uh, when all the things die, you just lightning bolt everything that lived or just someone to the face. So you're running... A lot of land ramp in the stack. So we've got um, Kadama's Reach, Explosive Vegetation, Cultivate, Sylvan Scrying, uh, Rampant Growth. We're, we're, we're looking for all the lands and we're looking for them to be on the battlefield right away. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we also run um, Sword of the Animist. I, I put this in here because it's a it it's a tutor for a land to the battlefield tapped um, every time the the equipped creature swings. Um, <clears throat> you only search for a basic, but uh, Omnath doesn't care what kind of land uh, hits the battlefield. That's right. So, um, so along with that, we're playing uh, some cards that that care about. Um, tokens so we've got a doubling season so if an effect would put a, a a token under the battlefield i put twice that many tokens we don't care about the counters in this deck uh we don't i don't i don't think there's a single card in this deck that cares about a counter but it cares about the tokens it, the only one uh, i could think of would maybe be avenger of zendikar oh you're right you're right how could i forget that okay so avenger does care about that so i guess there there is there is doubling season for that and then we've also got parallel lives and primal vigor so you do care about tokens uh plus one plus one counters for primal vigor um, primal vigor people have said before that that they don't run it because they don't want their opponents to benefit but i feel like i still benefit more um so i run it parallel or primal vigor says if one or more tokens we put onto the battlefield you put twice that many um it's it's for everyone so if someone puts in tokens period they get twice that many and then if counters are uh, plus one plus one counters are placed on a creature it, it doubles those as well you put twice that many so it helps everyone um so to go along with uh this land ramp strategy we've uh we've got some we've got some lands that uh come into play you know as as lands do that's what they um, do but they might come into play and then go get another land immediately. So we've got, we've got the fetch lands. Things like Wooded Fithills, uh, Scalding Tarn. Uh, they come into play. You tap, sack them, search your library for, in Wooded Foothills' case, uh, a mountain or a forest, put it on the battlefield. So when Wooded Foothills comes in, you make an elemental. Sacrifice it, grab the other land, put it into play. You make another elemental. You now have 15 power on the board. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really good. Uh, Fabled Passage came out of Throne of Eldraine. Uh, you can sacrifice it, search for a basic land, put it on a battlefield tap, so you get two lands there. I do run Evolving Wilds and Terramorphic Expanse. Um, a lot of the time, these are the fetch lands that people cut, but Omnath wants them. And then, um, utility land-wise, though, I have Blighted Woodland, so it taps for a generic, or you can pay four, three in a green, sack it, search for two basic lands, put them out of the battlefield tap, so this is a ramp. Um, I run a card called Ghost Town. Uh, I don't know any other decks that really want this unless it's, well, Landfall decks care. But Ghost Town says uh, taps for one colorless mana or you can pay zero and return it to your hand. Activate this only during another player's turn. So at the end of your opponent's turn, you pay zero and put it back in your hand so that you can consistently have a land drop. Sometimes you won't want to if you have a land in your hand, but as you get later into the game, you want to make sure you make your land drop, just return Ghost Town to your hand and play it back down. It comes in untapped, so it's the same amount of mana right. um, that, that you had the previous turn. Do you play uh, Burgeoning in combination with Ghost Town? I, you know what? I used to run Burgeoning. I don't, I don't anymore. Um, I run... Uh, exploration so I can play two on my turn but I don't run burgeoning you know the only reason that I don't run burgeoning anymore is because I find that in most cases you want it on turn one and you want to have like four lands but then you play that out in your four lands and then you realize you only have two cards in your hand mm -hmm. and if one of them isn't card draw you might be mm. you know it, it might it might hurt 
Fair. especially if you don't have a ton to do. That's the only, that's my only reason. In many cases, that's really good. Um, but I don't, I don't run burgeoning. Um, I also run uh, gruel turf. Uh, when it comes into play, um, you return a land you control to its owner's hand so that you can consistently get your land drops there. Um, <clears throat> another utility land, Mosswort Bridge, comes into play tapped. Uh, you exile a card under it. And then once you have uh, creatures with total power 10 or greater on the battlefield, you can pay green, tap, sack it, and... Um, or not sack it, but just tap it, and then cast the card that you hid, you you put hide away, mm -hmm. um, hid away under it for free. So um, with Omnath, you play Mosswort Bridge, you make a five five. You now have ten power on the next turn. You can cast that card that's under the Mosswort Bridge. Um, and then I also run Kessig Wolf Run. So it's a, a utility land that says it taps for a generic mana, or you can pay X, a red and a green, and tap it, and give one of your creatures X plus X plus O and Trample. So um, this deck tends to have a lot of mana out. I think when we played this just the other day, um, I, I mean, at one point, I think I had like 19 mana. So mm -hmm. you can you can put like 15 mana into this and still have mana to do other things with it. Um, so those are some of the lands that I play. And then you've got support in, in your creatures, right? So, so Omnath can win, you know, alone, um, but... Once Omnath is targeted like three or four times, um, he costs a lot of mana, seven, then nine, then 11, then 13. Although every time that he was removed the last time, I was able to play it down that next turn just because yep. of the amount of ramp. But you run cards like Avenger of Zendikar. So landfall, um, well, well, when it enters, you make a zero one green plant for each land you control. So assuming you have a lot, you're going to make a bunch of plants. And then it has when a land enters the battlefield, you put a plus one, plus one counter on each plant. So you're making a small army. Um, you've got Azusa, Lost But Seeking. You can play two additional lands on your turns. Um, Green Warden of Marasa. It's a it's an elemental, which is why this card's really great. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, return a card from your graveyard to your hand. So it's it's got Eternal Witness on it. Um, and then it it says when it dies, you may exile it, and then you you can do that again. You can turn another card from your graveyard to your hand. So that's really great. Um, <clears throat> for the landfall strategy, you've got Lotus Cobra, when a land enters, you add a mana to your mana pool. Uh, Maltani Yavamaya's Avatar, I think, is a really underrated creature. Uh, Reach, Trample, and uh, Maltani gets plus one, plus one for each land you control and each land in your graveyard. So um, Reach and Trample <laughs> usually ends up being like a 10-10 or more. Um, and then from the most recent commander set, obviously the newest one, isn't officially released yet. So I guess last year's is still the most recently mm. released commander set. We've got Nesting Dragon. Uh, Landfall, you make a 0-2 dragon egg that that has when it dies, it becomes a flying dragon. So it's really um, strong against board wipes. Yeah. Yeah. So this whole deck is about making creatures, uh, a lot of elemental strategies. And then there's two cards that, you, you know, you can try to, you know, win it out with alone. Warstorm Surge is whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage to its power equal to target creature or player. So if you're making five fives just by playing a land, this can end a game really quickly. And then I think I won with this the last two times we played is Perforos God of the Forge. Ah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's <clears throat> a six, five, uh, indestructible god from the original Theros block that has whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals two damage to each opponent. So if you have Perforos, every time you make one of your elementals, it's dealing two to each opponent. If you play Avenger of Zendikar and make 10 creatures on top of the Avenger, you're you're dealing 22 damage to your opponents. It just, it, it snowballs really fast. 
for sure. Yeah. So um, this is my Omnath Locus of Rage deck. Uh, we'll post the link uh, when we post the episode. That's, uh, I think that's that's the end of the episode. Ooh. That was a very land-filled episode. It was. And, you know, I just hit my mic. It's cool. It's cool. Sorry for all your ear holes. As long as you don't I... hit me, Mike, that's fine with me. Uh, <laughs> I hit my mic. Are you my mic? I don't know. Am I? I don't know. I don't know many mics. That's surprising. That's such a Isn't common it? name. That's why people call me Coil, because there's so many mics out there. You know, you know, the year I was born, my name was number two only to the name Michael. Yeah. Andrew yeah. was number two. I graduated with seven Andrews. And uh I'm yeah right. <laughs> I assume I assume there was a mic in the mix. I assume there was a mic somewhere in Pro- the mix. Probably a few. Probably a few. Producer Ryan is saying it's a very common name. Which one, Andrew or 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 Mike? I assume he's saying Mike. Probably both of them. His roommate's name is Andrew. Yeah, that's that's two. So there's two of us. There's, he said, pick a name. <laughs> Just pick a name. That's a common name. Thanks, uh, Ryan. Well. Ryan is also pretty, you know, pretty, pretty common. Yeah. Ryan's a pretty common name. Well, thank you all for listening. If you want to contact us, you can find our podcast on Twitter at GuardianPod. Uh, you can find me at AT Flory. You can find me at WormCoilEngine. Uh, you can also look for hashtag GuardianProjectPod to find our posts and episodes on Twitter. And you can email us at GuardianProjectPod at gmail.com. Um, if you're on Discord and you're interested in joining the discussion, send us a message and we will uh, get you into that. We have a lot of people talking about um, all different formats, uh, spoilers, um, deck building. Uh, come come hang out with us. Yeah, even some people come and play some League of Legends and stuff. So if you don't play Magic yes. all the time, we have, there, we have some good support there too. Yeah, there there are there is a non-Magic uh, channel there that a lot of people set up games to, to hang out. So... Um, well, I think that's a wrap for episode 46. We will be back next week with episode 47. Wow. 47. Can you believe that? Yeah, 47 comes there. after 46. Yeah. We're going that's... We're going to 50 here soon. What? But you, know, you got to hit 50, 52. And then... Why do we have to hit 52? Oh, because year. weeks in a year. Yeah. Because the weeks in that a year. That makes sense. There's 52 of them. That makes sense. Oh, can you believe that? I sometimes, not always. <laughs> I can't always believe it. All right, we'll see y'all next week. Bye bye. Bye.